co-host Shelly. Hi, Pamela. We have the episode. This is the reason that I did the podcast. By okay. doing this case, I was like, holy crap, the world should know what's really happening, and someday I'm going to figure out a way to tell it. And okay. this is the platform that, for two years, okay. it was the biggest case in the state of Utah. Front mm-hmm. page news nearly every single day. It's okay. the Jeremy Johnson trial. So it's a white collar case, but do not be deterred. Please do not think like, oh, white collar, this is boring. Let uh-huh. me tell you what. This involves the highest ranking political figures. The okay. number two most powerful man in the country is directly involved. Senator Harry Reid from Nevada okay. w- at the time was the Senate majority leader. Oh, wow. Okay. Under This was Barack Obama's president. He was at that time like the second, maybe you could maybe argue the third most powerful man in the country. Okay. He is very much involved in this case. Oh, okay. Politicians, corruption, crime. You will not believe how this stuff happened. I had a lot of people that were going to be participating in these episodes. And this is going to take a series of episodes. Please listen to the first to go through. So Because I'm going to do this chronologically, how it came down, how it happened. And please listen to each one. If you're from Utah, I guarantee you've heard about Jeremy Johnson And the attorney general investigation, that's how I met Jeremy Johnson, was through that investigation for the legislators. And if you think, oh, I know all about it, oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. Okay. I guarantee you do not. You may have read the (laughs) headlines. You may have read the details. Like, Jeremy Johnson was gagged, and anyone on the defense team, there was a gag order that prohibited us from talking to the media. Okay. That is now gone. Oh, so that's I can why the talk timing's about right. that. Uh, okay. Okay. Yes. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how a Utah case interacts with Harry Reid and all these different levels and how it all comes together because you don't picture anything happening in Utah and no disrespect because I've lived here my whole life and I don't mean disrespectful. Yeah. But to branch out that far, that's going to have that kind of a feedback or that kind of a interaction with higher level government and everything oh else. let so me I'm, tell you what i'm like, anxious exactly to see. like let me tell you shelly uh-huh i would get phone calls from abc national news requesting uh-huh. interviews i got calls from fox news national requesting interviews and they had called the legislators because i was part of the house investigation of the attorney general wow then they found me to say hey the legislative committee is telling us that your report is going to be hidden and buried, like that we can't get it. But so, would you talk to us? <laughs> I'm like, oh, is that where the is I that would... where the gag order comes in? No, that that's a oh. separate thing. Like there oh, are so wow. okay. so many levels, so There's many so layers, much oh, stuff. Yeah, they are. <laughs> this is so this is so crazy I've, stuff. So as I've known you all these years, I've heard bits and pieces of the Jeremy Johnson just here and there from my dad, who is a family friend to you guys, and he's yes. now gone, but just pieces, but not anything. I've never actually heard the story. So I yeah. am very interested and anxious, not excited, but anxious to hear how this all thing ties together. So, okay, let's get going. Yeah, And it's not just Senator Reid. 
that was involved. It's actually Orrin Hatch was involved. Oh. Mike Lee was involved. That's there. He'll be in there just a blurb. Uh-huh. Um, Senator Mike Lee. These are U.S. senators. Yes. Uh, the FBI was involved. Every government agency you can imagine was involved on the state level. There were agencies involved on the federal level. Agencies were involved. Wow. And like I say, media was calling me, like harassing me to get information. And I couldn't talk. I couldn't tell them anything. And I remember one reporter, I was like, look, I can't tell you anything, but I can point you in a direction. And that reporter was so angry at me. He's like, are you kidding? You're not going to tell me anything? And I said, I can't. I'm sorry, but I cannot. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he's like, you're no help at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, you I, and I are not going to be sharing a cell, sir. Yeah, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to jail for so, you. For yeah, your story. No, no, thank you. So to start it out, I've got to give you a feel for how I got introduced to Jeremy Johnson. Okay. But to lead to that, Jeremy was the businessman. And people that are not from Utah, I assure you, Hang on to your britches here, cause yes, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. your pants, your hat. Like we're gonna mm-hmm. knock it all off, I think, cause you okay. will be stunned. You will be stunned at how things work. I was absolutely shocked, and okay. So, like a good book that you have to kind of be patient as you get into it. This is really kind of a complex case, but be patient. It is going to be so good. I'm telling you, it's. Like crime, politicians, strippers, gold buried in the mountains. There is so much to this. You will, (laughs) this really is something like out of a movie. Holy crap. So even, yeah, even if you're not from Utah, you will find this interesting. I guarantee it. So are we starting with Jeremy or where do we start the story? Well, I actually have to start with the attorney general a little bit because that's how I met Jeremy. You may recall... Jeremy is, he was in his 30s at the time, and a self-made millionaire, not just one time over, like many times over. And he hit the media first by being incredibly generous. He, I don't know if you guys remember, but like a lot of people joke when they hear about Utah and that like, oh, how many wives do you guys have there? You know, like that's a joke. Right. But there really are sects of polygamy still where people practice polygamy in Utah. And most Legally of them now, are in... And it's now legal. P.S. It is legal. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay. Good. Good. I was hoping they'd legalize it. I'm like, why yeah, should they yeah. get out of being married? Like, yeah. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> they should have the same issues we do. No fair. <laughs> so, and there's a big sect of them in southern Utah. And Jeremy is from southern Utah, lived there. So there were times when, and for a period of time, the attorney general for the state of Utah was investigating that and trying to actually prosecute those guys for, because at the time it wasn't legal. Right. And the only way they could really prosecute them was for claiming, because what they do, they'd married one wife legally, and then they'd just do like their spiritual ceremonies for the other mm-hmm. second wife, third yeah. wife, however yeah, many. for the religious ceremony. Mm-hmm. Side note, that is not Mormonism. No, Mormons no. do not practice polygamy. No, no they do we not. do not have. <laughs> so, so the attorney general here at the time was trying to prosecute them for it because okay. what was happening was they would take 
those women that were the second, third, fourth wives, or however many there were, they would then claim that they have all these children from that guy. Right. right. But they are unwed. They are single mothers. So then they would claim welfare. Gotcha. Based yeah. on that. Sure. And that really bugged me. That's one of okay. the reasons I thought, man, let's just legalize this crap mm-hmm. so that they have to pay for their own food too. Like, why should we be paying for that? It well, bugged me. I have a theory about polygamy, and that is any man who's dumb enough to take on more than one wife deserves what he gets. (laughs) (laughs) You want three of me? Are you sure, sir? Do you really want three of me? You can't (laughs) handle the the truth. You cannot handle handle more than one of me. (laughs) So that's my theory. If you really think you can handle more than one, go ahead. Try it. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So deserve what you get. Okay. Sorry. Yes. So Jeremy was so generous. Well, but in seriousness, um, the polygamy world, I don't don't really have any friends, but I've had acquaintances that were involved. The women are more subservient. There's definitely a hierarchy, and they are more subservient. I'm not saying, I am not saying abused or anything else. Yes, and that does not fit well with your personality, Shelley. Or yours either. (laughs) No, no, I'm pretty sure I'd get kicked out of there. Yeah. They'd be like, "Mm, you "You really are in the trailer. Get out of the house. (laughs) You're really bothering me. Yeah. As as part of that, there was a lot of stuff going on in that culture. And people in the United States, you're likely aware of Warren Jeffs, who was the leader of the polygamous sect at the time. And Mm -hmm. he. One of the, one of the polygamous sects. There's well, several yeah, different... But this is, yes. but this is the one in, in southern Utah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he had made an order... I mean, as if the religion w- didn't seem crazy enough to me. He, he started doing stuff that I think was even more corrupt morally than yeah. anything I'd ever seen in that culture. And he was, like, taking wives away from husbands that had been with husbands for many, many... Like, decades... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he would take those wives away and reassign them to someone else. And these, I'm like, what the hell? Who would yeah. accept that? Yeah. Who who would accept that? But you're absolutely right. They're more subservient. So yeah. that was happening. And then he would excommunicate that man. And he and he would lose his property. He would lose everything right. because right. they donate. The like the mm-hmm. they work. Yeah. yeah, the church owned everything. So these mm-hmm. older men were being tossed out, mm-hmm. and younger men were being tossed out because that, Warren Jeffs mm-hmm. as their leader. Uh-huh. Had decided, I believe, that those younger men were a threat to the oh, older absolutely. men getting. So they kicked those boys out. Yeah, it's somewhere between like 16 and like 21 or 22. They could not live in the city. Are they kind of considered exactly. the lost boys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And they called them the lost boys. And mm-hmm. Jeremy had been very generous with different things in political stuff to help people. And so the attorney general at the time actually called Jeremy and said, hey, there are all these lost boys. We don't know what to do with them. I mean, they are so lost. They're not educated in public education. So they're behind a bit mm-hmm. or a lot in terms of education and being able, sure. to, be able to survive in our world. Mm-hmm. They need help. Plus, there were a lot of young women that had run away to get right. out of that Trying world. To, uh-huh. They didn't want to live in that. Mm-hmm. And so he, he turned to Jeremy to get some help for that. And Jeremy had provided two homes. He'd even let some of them live in his home with his wife and little girls. Okay. Not the bo- lost boys, but some of the lost, like the women that had run away. The girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the girls. So that's one of the ways that Jeremy first 
was in the news. Another way was when Haiti had the earthquake. There were some big stories in the news. Jeremy was one of the very first people to arrive in Haiti. He flew a helicopter like every self-made millionaire. (laughs) He flew helicopters. He flew airplanes. He owned them. It's kind of like every person's dream. Like, I think I'd like to have a helicopter so I can land anywhere I want. He was Uh living his his dreams. And he didn't just, like, talk the talk. This guy apparently walked the walk. I learned more about him later as I got to know him. But I didn't know him at this time. I had just heard that this philanthropist had gone on his dime and sent his jet, his helicopters to help evacuate people from Haiti to medical care in the U.S. And I learned later all about that, and we'll touch on that in another episode. As part of that, he'd really become kind of friendly with the attorney general. And then the attorney general had his deputy attorney general, who was John Swallow, because they found out Jeremy was pretty generous, so they would ask him for more and more money. Okay. And as you will learn from one of his assistants, he was pretty bad at saying no to people. (laughs) So he would probably give more money than he should have and give more things. So as part of some of the business that he was doing with the attorney general, and we didn't, I mean, as citizens, we didn't know what was going on, right? Okay. And so John Swallow is the deputy attorney general, then runs for election, becomes the attorney general, which in Utah and other states, we have a federal attorney general that is like the head police of all of the country and the attorney general utah for the state for utah he's like the police of all of utah like they they prosecute cases that's what i was saying they were prosecuting like the polygamy stuff and all that so okay it was front page news there were allegations going back and forth and i didn't really know no one really knew what was happening And then all of a sudden, this recording came out in January of 13, after John Swallow had run for election to not just be the deputy attorney general, but to step in as the attorney general. Okay. After he won that election and was the AG, then these stories were getting like, there was more talk, more, more chatter going on. And the media was reporting this. And then this recording came out. I mean, to me, it's almost like Watergate. Like, okay. There was okay. A, a recording that was released, and they called it, they, it's to this day, it's called the Krispy Kreme recording, where Jeremy Johnson had asked the attorney general, and he was the sitting attorney general, asked him to meet him at Krispy Kreme because Jeremy was facing in a lawsuit by the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC. Okay. And Jeremy's business, how he made his millions, was online. And this is like in 2009, 2010. Okay. We've come so far since then. Sure, sure. But back then, the internet was so new, it was like changing its rules and regulations literally on a monthly basis. And for companies that had business online, they had to keep paying attention to new rules and regulations by the FTC because they were changing almost weekly. Like, okay. it was kind of like the Wild West trying to figure out how we come into this new technology world. Okay. So there were allegations by the FTC that he had done improper business online. That Jeremy, that Jeremy had, had done something illegal. Okay. Yes. Yes. So the FTC, as part of their allegation, they decided they had the authority and they came in and seized all of Jeremy Johnson's assets. I'm talking... His airplanes, helicopters, 
cash. They seized all the money from his bank account. They how? seized how? Wait, homes. How? How? Homes. They were taking over homes that he had. I wondered that too. I to this day, I I still don't understand how they could take his property without having a trial. He hadn't had yeah, a trial. Yeah, he hasn't done. Yeah, you're innocent until proven guilty. In the um, you think in America, that's that's exactly what I thought. And reading it, I was like, whoa, what what is that? And like I say, that was in 2010. Here we okay. are in 2022. And what I know is in 2016, in the spring. The U.S. Supreme Court changed the law, made a ruling that made it illegal, improper for the FTC to do that. If that happened now, they wouldn't be able to take his money like that and okay. and not allow him. So when they took all of his money, he literally like had no money. So that meant he had no money to defend himself. Oh wow, that is not right. I don't think it's right. No, and the U.S. No. Supreme Court ultimately agreed years later to change right. that. Didn't but help at the him time, now. so yeah, it didn't help him. So he's facing wow. these allegations. He knows the attorney generals, and he's telling them, "Hey, the FTC like took all my." They everybody knew it. Like it was front page news, what Jeez. had happened. And he's saying, "How do I deal with this?" So of course, would you not turn to <laughs> your friends that you thought were your friends that yeah, are that you've been politicians to say with all this yeah, money? To say, yeah, hey, this is what's happening to me. What should I do? Yeah, what's my what's your advice? Well, the attorney general had advised him like, "Hey, you know what? We had an issue when I was working with Richard Rawl, who Richard Rawl owned all the Czech City businesses, which is a payday lending company." Right, which is nationwide. He owned them all. Or just he owned in them Utah? all. Okay. No, 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 no. He owned them all. Okay. And what the citizens of Utah really didn't understand at the time was. Prior to his getting in politics, one of the legal jobs that John Swallow had was legal counsel to Czech City and Richard Rall. His okay, business. Okay, no, wait. Say that again. He did what? He was legal counsel for Czech City before he became the deputy. Before he got into politics. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So he wanted to downplay that so much so that the citizens of Utah really were not aware of that. I was not aware of that. Until okay. later, because that not just Czech City, but the payday lending industry is known for really gouging the the most vulnerable, the the people that are struggling the most that can't get by. So then they go like, "Hey, I need money right now. Please, can you?" And literally, their interest rates sometimes are seven hundred percent, over a thousand percent. Like it is outrageous. So then they end up losing their cars. Their most of them, I don't think, have houses that are in that spot, but. Yeah. But I think it's unfair. President Obama thought it was unfair. It was one of the platforms under which he campaigned. Okay. And as part of that, so when Jeremy re- approaches John Swallow, he says, "What do I do?" And John says, "Hey, you know what? We had this issue. You need to talk to Richard Rall, who is the owner of Czech City." Czech City. Okay. So he thinking sets it he's up going all- to, thinking that he's going to help him with some ideas or yeah some advice yeah okay so john swallow sets that up now in the Krispy cream recording that really brought all this to light for the citizens of utah and so you know i have permission from jeremy to share all of this all of the details of his case so jeremy's statement was that the john swallow the attorney general set up this meeting with richard rall in the Krispy cream recording 
they talk about this, this meeting. Okay. And John denies meeting. He says, I don't remember being there. I wasn't there. I just told you to meet with him, and that's all I did. That's all I did. Jeremy, you remember that? And Jeremy's like, uh, and I'll play that for you. In fact, I can play it right now. Who was recording during the conversation? Jeremy was. And then tell Jeremy the law Johnson about recording. recording. As far as I understand, correct me if I'm wrong, if one of the people in the conversation, whether it's between 2 or 10, 20, doesn't matter, if one person is aware or is recording the conversation and they're part of the conversation, that's legal, correct? If okay, I'm each sitting state, there, you're, you're pretty much okay. right, but every state has it has like their own laws. Utah, that's, that the law, the law Utah? is kind of. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you're, you're very close. If there are two people there and okay. you record, or two people on a phone call and you're recording, you do not have to disclose to them that you're recording because okay, you are one of I the thought. parties. If you're one of in the, the parties in the conversation. Okay. So as far as Jeremy talking with the attorney general, that's completely legal. Okay. Because there were just two of them in the conversation. Here's what happened. So that people kind of get an idea of this. Okay. Jeremy, Richard Rawl had told him what we did is we lobbied to Senator Harry Reid to help us. Well, what? That seems a little peculiar because we're in Utah. Harry Reid is the senator of, was the senator of Nevada. And okay. the story that he told, Richard Rawl tells Jeremy in his meeting is this, that what we did, they were, you may recall when pre- and you everyone listening may recall this and probably will i certainly did when president obama was running for election okay one of the platforms that he ran on was he wanted to have a federal limit to payday lending interest rates okay i totally agreed with that because i okay. think it's completely wrong for these companies to be able to take advantage of our most vulnerable part of our population i think it's wrong and they shouldn't okay. be able to do it and I think they really gouged those people. Now, I, I can't verify that any of this is true, but I, okay. I'll give you what I know, what I okay. learned. Jeremy said that Richard Rawl explained to him, this is what we did when President Obama was going to limit the payday lending. That You can imagine that would cut their business significantly. Yeah. If they yeah. can't charge Why 700%, and they're limited all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. Why would if you all have of a sudden they're limited mm-hmm. to... 50% or 100% a year, yeah. like, whoa, you, they're going to cut their profits. Huge, huge cut in profits. Okay. So he was upset. What what Richard said he did, what he allegedly told Jeremy, was that, and you'll understand why there was a recording of this, and you will not believe, you will not believe how okay. evidence came and went and all, like, the stuff that, that, that like, hang tight with me. Because when you follow this path, you will not believe how things came down. So Richard says, what we did is I got all the payday lending guys across the country to put money in. And we raised $5 million that we gave to Harry Reid to stop that from happening. Okay. I don't know if you, anyone really paid attention. Is that called a bribe? Or is that called a donation to your campaign? Like where you is know that? What? Where is that line? And where did that money go? They called it lobbying. Lobbying. And there you go. Personally, I am so torn on whether lobbying is a bribe 
or not. Like I, you know, there's that joke where we say senators should have to wear, like our race car drivers, you should have to wear like the companies that, that, that give you money uh-huh. that you're they sponsored should. by. Now, if he received that money, he should have disclosed that. But if you will look even now to this day, if you look at the highest donations made to senators, there is nothing that exceeds $200,000. And we're talking about $5 million. Yeah, um, okay, and I, I, think and that, I do not talk a lot of politics um, for some mm-hmm. issues that I've been in, around, and I don't do that. Yeah. But senators, Congress, should be limited to two, maybe three terms. If our president of the United States can only be in two terms, I so agree with that. Okay, I agree with so, that. This should, it should not be a in, lifelong people, career. Except that Congress votes their own in. So that's not going to change, but that's wrong. And okay, I can't, keep going. I can't figure out how with social media, the Americans haven't created a revolution about that. Yeah. And changed yeah. it. I think but, it's coming. Okay, go ahead. Oh, and they have their own health care system. They have their own social security. They and have how their do own we fuel. let that happen? I they have their own fuel. Like, they don't pay for gas yeah. when it's five and ten bucks yeah. a gallon. What? Yeah. yeah it, what? Get an it's insane. Car. Yeah. Okay. So it, let's it, get yeah, off of that. And I'm not, makes me crazy. I'm not talking like... Democrats or Republicans? Ah, I'm saying I'm talking they are they're all mm-hmm. messed up. This yes. is all messed up. Yeah. Okay. So so what Mr. Rawl tells Jeremy is so we gave him five million dollars and he said, And did you see the limits on payday lending? It never happened. So that's uh-huh. how you do it, Jeremy. You give Harry Reid money, and he makes it stop. Remember, I just told you this involved, like, the second, maybe you consider him the third most powerful guy in the country. Right. However it happened. And he just it died. Happened. Henry Reid, right? He yes, passed. Yes, Harry Reid yeah. died. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he Harry passed Reed. away, yeah. which okay. makes it safer for me to talk about this. Sure. Okay. Like I say, there were more people that were going to talk on this episode. This is I can't tell you. I have been, I've told you personally, Shelly, how torn I have been about doing uh-huh. this episode because I've been fearful about different parts of it. There are people sure. that are going to be really upset, but I'll be damned. I think yeah. people need to know how things really work. Yes. I'm do. scared. We're I, really, a, I am scared. I think we're living in a world where podcasts, Instagram, all of our social media are opening up a can of worms in the United States, in the world. You have patriots, you have you know, Democrats, Republicans, you have all of these things going on, and we have all of this yep. upheaval, and now is the time. So yep. let's go with it. Yep. People want to know what the hell is behind the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz. Right. Okay. So what Richard Rawl tells Jeremy is, now remember, the government seized all of his money. He yeah, has no he money. Anything? They literally cleared yeah. out his bank accounts. That and Which so is so wrong. I think Gosh. it's completely wrong. And like yeah. I say, it wouldn't happen now. Because the uh-huh. U.S. Supreme Court changed that. Thank you, so, Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they would take it, but he would be allowed access to his money to defend himself. Okay. At the time, he wasn't allowed. So what I saw was this is how the government worked then. They would first charge you civilly, whether it's by the SEC, the FTC, one of the entities okay. of government. They would come in and charge someone civilly and take all of their money as part of that civil action freeze up their accounts, take their assets, take their cash, and then they charge them criminally. And then what? How am I going to pay for a defense you don't lawyer? Have, yeah, you don't have nothing. So you have, the, you have nothing. So you have these multimillionaires that can't hire the best of the best. 
So then right. they end up with a public defender, and you are going to hear how that played out. Okay. You will not believe how that plays out. It, okay. I thought I knew everything. I thought I'd seen everything. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Nope. Okay. Nope. Not, okay. not so. This is stuff you will... I mean, it, it's going to fry your brains, I think. So, okay. Because it certainly did mine. <laughs> so Richard Rell tells Jeremy, what you need to do is you need to get me $250,000 to, quote, lobby to Harry Reid, Senator Reid, and we'll get it done. And so Jeremy's like, okay, well, I don't really have any money, but let me see what I can do. So Jeremy turns to his CFO, who is Scott Levitt, who Scott ended up becoming my client later. Okay. I love Scott. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Scott is one of the coolest, most straight-shooting, funnest, kindest guys I've ever dealt with. Like, he's an accountant, okay. just like you would expect an accountant CFO to be straight yeah. arrow down the line. Okay. And they had also seized all of Scott's money and everything else. But Scott was able to get a line of credit on his home, a second. Okay. So with that line of credit, they got $250,000 and gave that to... It, there's a big dispute whether it was given to John Swallow or Richard Rell. Okay. Where do you think Where the am money I? went? Do you want <laughs> to say or not? I'm not going to say yet. Okay. Perfect. I have to okay. plead the fifth right now. Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to let you reach your conclusion and the audience reach theirs. I will give you facts. Okay. So, then it comes out that Jeremy's going to be indicted. And that's what the whole thing was. Hey, we gave you this 250000 and nothing's happening. Right. Yeah. So, he starts calling Richard Rall. I know for a fact, because like I say, Scott was my client. Scott has given me permission to talk about his case. Okay. So, Scott is going to lose his house if he doesn't get this stuff resolved with that money sure. that money you know first i was like what like you guys are paying two hundred fifty thousand dollars to a quote lobbyist don't you think that seems shady like what were you guys thinking i think it's the way it's done it's but like a back, when it's like the a attorney back, general mm-hmm. yeah it's like a backroom handshake uh-huh yeah and when the attorney general for the state of utah says let me introduce you to someone this is how business get gets it. done mm-hmm. i can see how they would believe that Sure. Why wouldn't you? And trust that this is legit. And what's interesting, I remember reading the book Lincoln, and there are like a million books on Lincoln, but it was the book. What was really shocking to me is, I didn't know this, there were lobbyists back in Lincoln's day. Mm -hmm. When you read the book or whether you see the movie, there were lobbyists that were participating in trying to get slavery abolished Mm -hmm. and, and lobbyists also going, petitioning to keep slavery in. Yeah. And it worked so similarly to now. There was a lot of money exchanged. And I thought, when I read that, I was like, holy crap. I thought this was a new problem we had. No. This has been going on for this centuries. This is our system. Mm-hmm. This is our system. It, yeah. I'm not saying it's right. Big pharma, but it is our system. Big companies, big corporations. Yep. That's how they get yep. their agenda through. Yes. We call okay. it we call it lobbying. Lobbying. Yeah. And mm-hmm. per- I personally don't like it. I think it no. feels dirty to me. Yeah. Like everything else, you want to know where what's happening? Follow the money. So yes. that two hundred fifty thousand then the indictment comes. And so Jeremy's like, wait a minute, what the hell? Like mm-hmm. I I wait, I can't be indicted. I didn't th- this right. wasn't taken care of. So he starts calling Richard Rawl, saying, Hey, what, what the happened? Hell happened? Yeah. Yeah. Richard Rawl won't talk to him, won't take his phone calls. 
now Scott's getting really upset. So Scott, Scott starts calling Jeremy and putting pressure on Jeremy because Scott didn't have the attorney general's number. He had okay. Jeremy's number. And Jeremy go, like is trying trying to diffuse it all. You, I can only imagine the pressure that he was facing. I, I can't imagine the stress. Like yeah. your friend has put up his house to help mm-hmm. all of you through this. And you listen to this advice and yeah, dude, it's okay. Put up your house. It's right. all good. And then all and of a sudden, nothing. Crickets. that didn't happen. And then right. they won't even talk to you. Yeah. Like what? So no, uh, you'll hear in this recording, I'm going to play different parts where Jeremy and I have, I had wanted to set this foundation. So you understand what they're talking about at Krispy Kreme okay. donuts. And okay. it literally is at a Krispy Kreme donut shop in okay. Orem, Utah. So it's kind of noisy. You'll hear some other background stuff. <laughs> and, but what happened was. Jeremy had ultimately ends up giving John Swallow's number to Scott Levitt and says, hey, okay. you go ahead and call him yourself. Okay. Like, I, I'm not getting anywhere with him. Yes. Yeah, you go you ahead can. and have at it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Here's an interesting fact to me. When I spoke with Scott about this and how it happened, Scott's memory of this, like I say, I believe Scott is a very straight shooter. Yeah. Uh, so much. So here's what's funny. Anyone that's that's Mormon out there, if you're LDS, you'll appreciate this. And then Scott was charged also. They charged these guys with 86 felonies. They were oh, indicted geez. with 86 felonies. At the time that Scott was indicted on this, his ward, his church congregation, his local congregation, asked him to be the ward clerk. In Mormon culture, that's the person that's in charge of money. Right. And Scott and Scott said to them, uh, wait a minute. I've you do know indicted. that I've just been indicted on yeah. fraud, wire fraud, right. money mm-hmm. laundering, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> every yeah. charge you yeah. can imagine. Uh-huh. And it, I, to me, I thought it was the most beautiful thing. Like, yeah. seriously, it brings tears to my eyes. His, his ward, local church leader, his bishop said, yeah, Scott, we know who you are. Right. And we want you to be the ward clerk. Wow. Wow. I love Scott. And that is completely consistent. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I completely trust Scott. the day is long. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. But like I say, when the story first comes out, I don't know Jeremy. I don't know Scott. But I'm giving you some background. So Scott's statement was that when he called the Attorney General, John Swallow, to ask about, like, hey, we need our money back if you guys aren't going to do anything. And obviously you're not. Right. We need our money back. Give so us we our can money get an back. Attorney, hello. He said that John Swallow. He's like, hey, look, there were no promises made to you. We didn't make any promises. There was no guarantee that we Bastard. would get you out of this. Yeah, yeah. And to me, the part that I thought was missing that I would have expected to hear, I would have expected him to say, "Why are you calling me? I didn't get any of the money." Yeah, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. But he didn't say that. His response was, we didn't, was, we didn't make you any promises. That this would so, work for you. Wow. Yeah. So you have got to hear what's going on with the recording and everything else to hear. So this recording became front page headline news. It was leaked at some point to the media. And I, for a long time, I thought that Jeremy Johnson was the one that leaked it. However, I later learned he wasn't. I could see why he wouldn't want to leak it because he okay. wanted to use that later as leverage. Gotcha. Okay. But someone, and was close enough to him that they had access to the recording, someone took it and leaked it to the media for, I don't know what they thought 
it, I guess it just gives people power to be the one to tell, like, haha, look at this information that we have. And I will put a link up. I'll put a link up for the for people. The, of the for recording. followers so that they can actually listen to this whole thing if they okay. want to listen. Okay. It's hard to hear because, like I say, they're in Krispy Kreme. There are people in the background. This is not a great recording, but this is the recording that started huge investigation. Okay. So Jeremy, is he's referring to the meeting that I just told you about with Richard Rell. Okay. And, and he's talking to... To John Swallow. Yes. Okay. And this is in the public domain. You, I'll put a link to it on YouTube for anyone that wants to hear it. The okay. Salt Lake Tribune, okay. our local paper, is the one that first shared this with the public. Okay. But here's a portion okay. of it. I, I realize... <laughs> well, I'd like to say uh, it's been two years. I, I, it, and, and the problem is, I, I swear there's one in there. The one that, that's talking about after our meeting. Yes. So, in the meeting, you know, thankfully your email doesn't say any of the, the things that we talked about in the meeting, but in the meeting with Richard, I'm telling you, you were there. You talked about it in your email. I'll give you the email. Yeah, I want to see But you were at the I meeting. Not conveniently differently, just I would not take Brady Whittingham to that meeting. I'm telling you, we got the meeting switched. Brady went to the Brady went to the check one, and and me and you went to the one about Reed. I'll tell you some things about it if you want. If if you want, it might remind you. But um, this is what helped sell me on the whole thing why it would work is that uh, Richard, you know, when Obama was running for office, he was saying all these things about how he's going to clamp down on. Now, Obama ran in 08. That's right. He was in 10. What? Obama ran in 08, and our meeting was in 10. That's right. Okay. Yeah, 2010. And so, when Richard was like, look, do you remember when Obama was running, he was saying that he was going to, you know, clamp down on the abusive payday lender practices. I'm like, actually, I kind of do remember that. He says, have you noticed that nothing's happened? He says, you know why? Because who's the guy he listens to more than anyone is Reed. And so he says, we have a connection with Reed. And Reed got in Obama's ear and got him to put that off for now. And I, I that can happen legally through law. I understand. I'm not saying, okay. I just want you to and, know. And, 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 and he's, he was telling me a situation where Reed asked for someone in the company to pay some guy 20 grand a month. And he, the, the guy did it or whatever. <clears throat> what I didn't tell you and I didn't tell Richard is that I already knew Reed is on the tape because I met him at the with the poker companies and so I don't know how much of the details you know about this but I'm going to tell you it's good information to know oh wait I want to make sure I missed the governor's phone call I don't miss his phone call for crying out loud okay so did you catch that as he's talking to him and explaining this and that's the same kind of stuff I was just talking did you hear the part about President Obama, the same story that I just told. Did you hear Jeremy telling that? Do you remember he said, yeah, Richard, he said, do you remember when President Obama was trying to cut back on the... Did you catch the part? You may not have heard, but the Attorney General says, oh, that's the governor calling me. I need to take that call. The only thing you can hear is, I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. And Jeremy says, 
you emailed me about it. So mm-hmm. let me remind you of what our conversation was because you were there with us. You, yeah. The three of us were there. Yeah. Okay. So in response to all of this, obviously Harry Reid at this time is getting kind of called out okay. publicly as being part of this whole big mess, right? Okay. And he makes a comment. So Harry Reid was front and center involved in this. So, okay. And that recording comes out. In January of 2013, our attorney general for Utah had just been sworn in as the new attorney general. So, like, right after he gets sworn in, he is, like, brought in as part of this scandal. Because this recording that I just played portions of uh-huh. was uh-huh. released to the public. And everyone's, like, going, wait, what the heck? What? We just elected this guy. Yeah, what What's just going happened? on? Because Okay. Yeah. And it's all involving Harry Reid. And... In that recording, they talk about Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid and how the powerful Nevada Democrat, for a price, according to Johnson, could be key to derailing the FTC probe and legalizing online poker processing, which Jeremy was doing some online poker processing, and stalling payday reforms. Although Jeremy wasn't involved with payday loan reforms, that's a huge part of this conversation as to why... Jeremy was convinced that this would work. So Reed's office gets word that his name is being used in in all this. So Reed's office, in its strongest rebuke of Johnson's claim, denied that the senator had part in any of the deals. And here's a quote from their office. The allegations of bribery by Mr. Johnson, a man with a background of fraud, deception, and corruption, are absurd and utterly false, spokesman Kristen Orthman wrote in an email. Quote, bribery is a crime for which Senator Reid has personally put people behind bars. Senator Reid will not have his integrity questioned by a man of Mr. Johnson's low record and character, and his outrageous allegations will not go unanswered clearly a desperate man to make things up close quote wow now that was in january of 2013 when he says this will not go unanswered (laughs) that he will not sit back and let this man question his integrity you will not believe what he began doing and i didn't learn about what harry reed was doing to derail this stuff to protect himself and who he right. involved to protect himself. But he started taking steps right then to discredit Jeremy Johnson. And oh, yeah. Have, Jeremy just, uh, he shot the cannon across the bow, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I didn't realize that was what he was doing. There, I mean, I wouldn't have known there was, like, he was actually going to take action. But he took massive action. And there were serious consequences. And I, that, I'm just going to lead that as a teaser to our next episode. Because okay. it is intense, it, very intense, and very complicated about what Harry... And it, like I say, it took me a few years from then to figure out... It was like two years later before I figured out what Harry Reid actually did. Okay. okay. And I'm going to have to bring someone else to help explain it. <laughs> but it is unbelievable what happened and what power what people can do when they have some power in this country if they use it for good that's that's an awesome thing this to me embodies our whole what I'm talking about 
And this is a quote. C.S. Lewis said this, The greatest evils in the world will not be carried out by men with guns, but by men in suits sitting behind desks. Profound. I am going to leave this episode with that. It yes. is absolutely profound. Thank you for, like, you got to listen. This is going to be kind of a long series, but absolutely worth intriguing. Worth your time. Yes. Worth your time. Thank you for listening to Pamela Private Eye.